0: It's time for Speaking of Speaking. Quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking. Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. Yes, another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast. My guest today is Marlene Cameron. We're going to have a great discussion about imposter syndrome, the dangers of feeling like a fake. Marlene is a transformative business and life coach who works with accomplished professional women who can suffer from stress, self doubt, and sometimes feel like imposters. She helps them embrace their true nature, their innate wisdom, and their natural confidence so that they can thrive as business owners and leaders. And this is the first time Marlene and I have done anything like this before. We've been in in courses together before, but this is the first time we have a chance to be on the podcast together. So welcome, Marlene, to the podcast. Thanks, Carl. So tell me, what is imposter syndrome. Let's put a definition or get some information about what it really is.
1: I think succinctly, it's the inability for people who are obviously accomplished, successful, capable to not to be able to internalize their own achievements or their own success. So they tend to attribute it to they were lucky or it was a fluke or somebody made a mistake or They just worked way harder than anybody else. And that's why they're more successful or even to the point where you were selected or chosen because somebody liked you, you know, basically it was because of your charm or your likability. It's this inability to kind of see yourself as accomplished, successful, and even to have the confidence that goes along with that
0: that's wild when you mention that and we're going to do a deep dive into this and relate it to speaking and podcasting is this common place for people to at some point feel this way how mainstream is it
1: yeah they did some early studies and what they found was that imposter syndrome can raise its head if you will when people make significant transitions so maybe you're leaving you know your Educational program and going into the business world for the first time. Maybe you're changing careers or changing industries or you're moving up the corporate ladder and moving into a level that you don't have a lot of expertise or comfort in. So people will often experience kind of that temporary feeling and up to 70% of people. But after a while, people settle down, they kind of fake it till they make it. But for some people, they never get past that. They can be in that role or that industry for many, many years and be seen as an expert, but they don't see themselves as an expert. And it's really, it's really, it's really hard place to be.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. And it sounds like it also goes beyond the, the typical, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. It goes beyond that because once most people, because apparently, as you said, 70% of people experience this at some point, but most people eventually will get through that. They'll recognize that, hey, I have been successful and now I am good enough. And now I am smart enough. And now people do see me as an expert. And that's a good feeling. And when you hit those accomplishments, you celebrate. But if you suffer from imposter syndrome, if I'm hearing it correctly, that's not the case.
1: No, it's like you never get past that. And you can have all kinds of you know, compliments and win awards and be promoted. And it's just never enough to convince yourself that you are actually deserving of that and that you've earned it.
0: Is there a sector of the population that suffers more from it? Like, for example, would business professionals that have done well, high-level managers, CEOs, would they suffer more from it? Or is it anyone can suffer from this?
1: Well, they tend to identify it more in successful people. And I think the thing that happens as people become more successful, let's take the corporate environment, for example. So if somebody moves up, they have less and less support, if you will. So if you're moving from, you know, a peer to a team manager, director, VP, you know, that your support systems kind of fall away and it's really more up to you to make those decisions and, you know, be that leader and so it becomes sort of lonely at the top. And I think that's where people can experience imposter syndrome even more because they don't have as much as that kind of external validation or that encouragement, if you will, you're kind of expected to hold your own.
0: So what are some of the challenges or what are some of the risks that are associated with imposter syndrome then?
1: Well, the first thing I think, you know, and especially when, you know, whether you're a corporate leader or if you're self-employed as a coach or a speaker or even, you know, podcasting is that when we're not able to internalize our own our achievements and don't benefit from the confidence that comes along with that, when we talk about our achievements or other people talk about our achievements, it feels like it's kind of a bit of a lie. And, you know, I call it kind of talking through your hat. You know, I'm saying this or they're saying this about me, but it's really, it's not true. So it sets somebody up to not have that presence and that grounding to really do their best.
0: I want to make a statement here and then bring this back to imposter syndrome, because it's a statement that you and I both heard from a coach that we've worked with. And it's the adage of, it doesn't have to be 100% accurate, but it has to be true. So for example, when you're speaking, when you're giving a presentation or when you're writing a chapter in a book, but certainly when you're speaking, you're presenting information that has a certain level of truth to it. It should definitely, it should all be true, but it might not be a hundred percent accurate saying that how does somebody with imposter syndrome deal with something like that? Is it a huge challenge for them?
1: Well, if I think I can give an example for me is my first career, I did corporate interior design, and I designed the inside of an airplane hanger, if you can imagine. Wow,
0: that's <laughs> and pretty cool. Was, you know,
1: very colorful, lots of graphics. <laughs> it was quite a unique airplane hanger. And I remember a colleague, an interior des- designer said, had gone out to see it, and he goes, oh, that was really interesting, Marlene. And because of my insecurity, I interpreted what that person saying is like, Oh, well, they really thought it sucked and they're just being nice, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of sets us up to interpret, you know, compliments or awards or rewards as like, I don't really deserve this. And you know, they're just kind of pulling the wool over my eyes. So
0: yeah. It has to be challenging then for speakers oh, or gosh. podcasters, because Firstly, if you're a speaker, if you're getting on stage, there's a reason you're there. You're there because you're the authority in that field. You've been asked to speak in some cases. And certainly if you're a podcaster, you bring a level of professionalism, expertise, credibility to that show. It's got to be a huge challenge, though, to do that without just feeling really uncomfortable.
1: You know, a great metaphor for that situation is, you know, speaker connecting Or a podcast host connecting with their audience is if you're concerned about what other people think of you, they're going to find out I'm a fake, they're going to find out, you know, I'm giving the wrong impression about my capabilities. It's almost like if you banged your head on the cupboard and you got a black eye and you try to put makeup on to cover the black eye and then you go out in public And all you're thinking about is wondering if people can see your black eye. So you're not really connecting with those people, right? You've kind of got, you know, this self-conscious thing going on that kind of makes you unavailable to, you know, your audience or unavailable to, you know, whoever you're conversing with. So that's a big issue with imposter syndrome is this self-consciousness that keeps you somewhat disconnected from others
0: and when you put up that barrier like you said especially in front of an audience it's hard to win them into your camp it's hard for them to say okay i'm going to buy your book i'm going to sign up for your workshop i'm going to click the link and you know do whatever the next step is because you put up that barrier exactly basically yeah how does one with imposter syndrome then Move beyond it or navigate through it? Is it something that's always there and they learn how to rechannel their thinking? How does that work?
1: Well, Carl, it really is about rechanneling our thinking, but not in the way you'd think. <laughs> I suffered with imposter syndrome myself for decades, you know, really throughout my three professional careers. And I work with lots of different coaches and counselors and using different techniques and processes. And they came across, I'll call it an understanding about how our mind really works. It's called The Three Principles. It was discovered by a Canadian man, actually. And one of the things that was such a revelation for me was this idea that what we experience in life is actually comes through our own thinking. It doesn't come from the outside world, right? Because you and I can be in the same circumstance and have a very different experience of it because of you know, my interpretation, the meaning I give it, what have you. And because we feel our thinking in the moment, if I'm thinking to myself, I suck, you know, and I have almost like a full body experience of that thought, that really feels true. That feels real. And so what this understanding taught me is a lot of what I think, A, is not real. It's not true. And then when I catch myself in the app, it's like, Okay, there I am going again with the self-depreciating ideas about myself. And so it was not so much I had to learn how to f- fix my thinking. I had to learn how my thinking works. And because we can't control our thoughts and we can only understand when we're in this self-depreciating thinking because we start to feel anxious, we start to feel self-conscious, we start to you know, doubt ourselves. And realizing like, oh, that's just my thinking, right? (laughs) I know it sounds paradoxical, but that's how I really, you know, which helped me kind of turned around my own imposter feelings.
0: It's almost like saying it's all in your head or the (laughs) furthest distance traveled is the one from your left ear to your right. (laughs) When you're so convinced that, you know, you're not good enough, you'll never be good enough. I mean, people are looking at you or it's they're disingenuinely giving me comments or whatever. My guest today is Marlene Cameron, and we're talking about imposter syndrome, the dangers of feeling like a fake. So there is help, but it's not the easiest thing to navigate. You have to want to move beyond it or navigate through it. Is it possible to not even know if you have imposter syndrome or is it pretty clear to somebody with imposter syndrome that they have it?
1: I think a lot of people experience what i call imposter feelings because of this pattern of thinking that i'm not good enough they're going to find out but often it's diagnosed as anxiety or depression. Okay. so the experience of it is somebody can feel highly anxious and do the self-medicating thing like mm-hmm. you know, with the wine and shopping after work or because you know there's this you know i'll never be good enough even if i have three phds i still won't be good enough and that's sort of you know, that'll lower your emotional state for sure. So often it's diagnosed as something else. And I've spoken to people that, you know, have expressed a lot of anxiety. And I ended up giving them the quiz that the two psychologists who identified the condition, I started giving my clients the quiz because it's like, what's going on with this person? They're obviously capable and talented. And it's like, they can't see it or own it in themselves. So sometimes when we're presented with the evidence, like, oh, that's what's going on for me. I've had people like burst into tears. Like I had no idea that was what was really going on. I just kept denying myself and dismissing myself and depreciating myself. And because we do these things often at a very unconscious level, I know for me, my own experience is like, what is the matter with me? Like part of me can see I'm capable, but another part of me denies it.
0: Wow. Marlene, this is phenomenal. Firstly, I would never have known from having this discussion with you that you've been through this yourself. I would never have known. I would have thought that, oh, you've taken some time and learned how to help others with it because of whatever experience you've had. I would never have known. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing and also helping others navigate through it as well. Have you noticed in the people that you've helped along the way that there's an increase in it with say a younger generation than say baby boomers or Gen Xers? Is there a specific age group that you're finding with the work that you're doing that is more affected by it? Or does that even come into play?
1: I don't know if I could say that it affects one, you know, generation more than another's. I think it's more a product of what we call in the coaching counseling field, we call it our conditioning. So the way we're kind of thought to think about ourselves. So for yeah. example, I grew up in a family where there was high expectations of achievement, you know, academically, music, athletics, didn't matter, just high achievement. So we start to kind of look, you know, to see if I'm doing okay. Am I good enough? Do I measure up? And so we can fall into those patterns of thinking. So it's not really so much goes from generation. It's sort of like the kind of your, the culture of your home, you know, in terms of personal success. But I've also spoken with people. I used to present at international conferences on imposter syndrome. And I had people come up to me and said, You know, my experience was the opposite. You know, there was no expectations for me to be accomplished and successful. And I sort of felt like a bit of an imposter because I knew that's what I wanted. And I knew I had the capabilities, but when they're not supported by their own families, they feel that's where the, you know, feeling like a fake. It's like, if I move out into this world of feeling confident and successful and achieved, I won't fit with my family culture of, you know, don't have high expectations.
0: So... Whether the bar has been set or whether it hasn't been, you can still feel like a fake and suffer from imposter syndrome. That is what you're saying. There's no. It all depends on the situation.
1: Yeah, and and the person. And,
0: I guess it all depends yeah, the on the person. person. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because you can have three children in a family and only one of them, you know, yeah. you know adopts that perception. Yeah.
0: Anyone that is suffering from imposter syndrome, what's the thing that they can do that will help themselves, I guess? How can they help themselves go beyond that?
1: You know, Carl, what I think is probably the most helpful thing is for people to start to talk about it. You know, it was when I had this experience where I kind of heard this little voice in my head. It's like, what would be the point? You have nothing to offer type of thing. which really felt shaken mm-hmm was actually a friend of mine who said, Marlene, maybe you should go and get some help. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like if we're willing to kind of let somebody else know what's going on mm. for us, you know, we call it being vulnerable or truthful. That's often the starting point. Like just quit beating yourself up. Other people feel the way you do and just see where that takes you. Maybe a mentor or friend could be helpful. Maybe you go find a great coach, but just open the door a little bit. Because the thing about imposter syndrome, it's like this... We kind of live in this world of pretense. So I have to project myself as confident, successful, and accomplished. And I don't want to show that part of myself that feels so insecure.
0: Wow, Marlene, this has been an amazing discussion. Marlene Cameron, my guest today, talking on imposter syndrome, the dangers of feeling like a fake. And you have something, Marlene, that you wanted to pass along to our listeners today. What would that be?
1: I wrote a a short Um, little ebook that you can download and it's called the seven secrets to unshakable calm clarity and confidence
0: And this is information that we'll put in the show notes, as well as how to get a hold of Marlene, her email address, and her website, which is simply marlenecameron.com, if you want to click on it now and check it out. And the link for those seven secrets to unshakable calm, clarity, and confidence will be in the show notes as well. Marlene, it's been a great discussion with you today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. Any final thoughts before I let you go?
1: Yeah, I do want to say one more thing, Carl. It's, you know, we grew up in a culture that we're led to believe that our intellect is the measure of our potential, you know, that, you know, our education, our expertise, our training, but we have much deeper wisdom and insight and intuition that can augment our intellect. And when we start to understand that and look to that. That's where that, oh, it's not all up to me. It's like, oh, I'm supported here. Oh, you know, I'll know the answer when I need to know it. And I just find that very comforting.
0: Very true and very insightful. Marlene Cameron, thanks for joining me on the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Carl. It's been a real pleasure.
0: And remember, get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at carlrichard 72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking.